Hello, bonjour, welcome and bienvenue to the Football Well English podcast. I'm Liam and once again this week I'm joined by Tom. Hello. And George. Hello. On this week's podcast we'll be discussing the aftermath of that rampant victory over Saint-Étienne in the derby, reviewing the Bordeaux game on Friday night and also discussing our ideal 11 for the next game. So, as I'm sure you're aware, Leon ran out 5-0 winners in the derby, adding more misery to a Sante side that were in 16th before the game. Orwell stormed to victory thanks to braces from Tino Marcelo and also Memphis's deflected free kick, which you could maybe say was an own goal, but Ligon gave it to him, so we're going with that. First of all, after such an excellent performance, what are your thoughts on the game? Well, we'll go I to mean, you first, it's... Tom. Yeah, um, I mean, it's always nice to win, uh, win a derby, obviously. Um, but to win it, thing is, it's shared emotions because I, I love a disputed derby, um, you know, when it's it's heated, when, you know, you've got supporters. I was at the stadium for the one in February last year and it was intense on the pitch. The fans were howling at the support, at, you know, the Saint-Etienne players and the manager. Yeah. Um. This time round, it just felt so like one-way street. And as much as I love the fact we won five nil, and we can just you know go onto Twitter and say the Manita, and you've got you know slapped again. It's 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 all it's nice as well to have a bit of a more disputed game. But you know, yeah, if you've only got if you've only got one team on the pitch, that's not our fault, is it? Yeah, I think. I think the the way to describe the game probably after the first five minutes would have been one way traffic. It seemed to be uh, repetitive pressure on um, Mulan's goal, and then it, the chances were there. And then before you knew it, it was one, then it was two, then it was three, four, and ultimately we won the game five nil. I mean, I don't know what you think, George, but that stands out as one of our best performances of this season. Uh, I would agree. I feel like it was a very good performance, but we also had to keep in context of the game itself, where half the team for Saint-Étienne was either injured or COVID were out yeah. for COVID. Yeah. So we have to keep that in mind when it comes to this result. Um, it yeah, could have been a lot different I mean, if even, it was a full strength. Even the top players who had had COVID and were available, like I'm talking about Bwonga, who's not a bad player. He's been fairly unfortunate against us after missing a pen in the first game and then scoring an own goal this game round. But he was on the bench to start with. And then Budbuz as well, who's a pretty decent player, also started on the bench. But that's, that's obviously, if you look at the team, and you always know it's a bad sign when most of the players have a, like a shirt number who's a, that's above 30, which is for the non-professional players. When half the team has yeah, is got 30-something, then you know you're in for a, well, not a fun game, but you know you're playing against young, youngsters for sure. I think when you look at the team sheet, I've got it in front of me here. I mean, there was, as you said, there was four players that I don't know if they recognised first team players, but did it, that had numbers over 30. The One's the goalkeeper, which is common. Jesse yeah. Mula had 30, but other than that, there was... Gabar, who's played a few games this season, I know that, but again, he didn't even have a name above his shirt. 
So yeah. that shows he hasn't even been assigned the shirt number as of yet. So I, I would say that we've got to take that into account. Worth thinking yeah. is actually not too bad. If yeah. there's a ray of sunlight for Saint Etienne, he yeah. had a chance within the first minute. Yeah, um, as I say, they they looked like they were going to bring the game to us early on with that chance. Yeah. But here we go. Obviously, it didn't turn out that well. And then once that happened, we dominated the rest of the game, all in there yeah. side of possession. Meanwhile, Anthony Lopes was looking at People Magazine, doing whatever <laughs> he needed to do in goal because from the stats of the game, there was only three shots on his end and none of them were on target. So he pretty much not even had a very think, light game. I don't think they've even crossed it in for him to pick it up. I don't think he's touched the ball with his hand the whole game. That's how bad it is. It- he literally had nothing to do all night. I mean, I think one of the sayings is, well, you can't concede if you've got the ball. We com- we dominated possession. We had 60% compared to 40% yeah. with them. As you've said, we had, we had 18 shots, 11 on target. They only had three shots, zero on target. So well, I mean, probably other than watching the ball whistle past the post, he had nothing to do. That, no, because there is that shot on the post at the start of the second half. A three, a two-one would have been a very different game, but it didn't happen that but, way. But you know, they came in second half like we're gonna get a goal. I don't know if it was two-nil or three-nil. I can't remember at that time. But Norden come in and then shot straight onto the post. Yeah, Norda. It, yeah, it was. Game. It was two-nil at half time. Two-nil. Yeah, but I, I can't remember at what point of the second half that post came in. But that's that I, was. I, I don't understand how that's not a shot on target because it's on the post. If it hits but the anyway. post, it's classed as a shot off target. Obviously, that's the rules and wonders of football, but common. anything with, if a goalie saved it or went in the net counts as on target, anything hit the post outside is off target. Fair that's enough. how they view it. Well, that's zero shots on target then for Saint-Etienne. But let's talk about yeah. us, because that's what the podcast is for. <laughs> I mean... For me personally, I think of our performances this season, we were very good against Nice. Yep. We were very good against... Well, Memphis was very good on the first game of the season against Dijon when mm-hmm. we won 4-1. Uh, Nantes was a good performance. But for me personally, I think... looking Obviously, it's recent in my memory, so maybe there's a bit of recency PSG. bias. But PSG. PSG was a very good performance, yeah. At least the and first, definitely the first half. Oh yeah, the the mid. I think that's the best performance the midfield trio had this season, definitely. Yeah. By far, I think based on uh, specific players like Tino, um, Marcelo again, who both scored goals. Dubois turned into Cafu. <laughs> um, Danny Alves. Yeah, that's it. The <laughs> the the legendary right backs over the years. Yeah, I think. Certain players had probably what you'd consider their best games of the season. I don't know if you guys agree with that, but I doubt Leo Dubois is going to improve on that performance this season. I think he was fantastic. Fantastic. He was my man of the match, definitely. I I struggle with putting Dubois man of the match just by pure principle, but I I have to give it to him. He was pretty good. He is right up there. Man of the match. Oh, that's going to be a tough one because. A lot of people were, but um, I would say Katawir, just because of the fact that 
if I'm not mistaken, didn't you put uh, Kataweer to score goals there, Liam? So I said nearly there. I said a hat trick. It nearly oh. happened. He had the chance to make it a hat trick, but he got substituted. But I said a big score line and yep. the Kataweer hat trick. He scored two goals and it was a big score line. So I wasn't far away. I was very far Either away. away. My, uh... With my Shirky and Slimani goals, but anyway, <laughs> neither of them played. <laughs> no, they came in. They came in. I know for five minutes or something, wasn't it? And we could get on to that again, later. We'll get on to that later. Yeah. Um, um, so, man of the match for me was of... Kakre. Yeah, I think Kakre or Mendes. Kakre had an excellent game. I think we can transition onto tops and flops. I mean, yeah, go on. For me, Kakre would definitely being my tops the just the way he's as we've talked about earlier in the first podcast he was the standout player in the Mets game it felt like he was he was playing the same way looking for forward balls winning the ball back in high areas wasn't spending too much time on the ball like some midfielders are guilty of uh, linking well with the forwards I just it makes me happy to see someone coming through and potentially giving Garcia a problem in terms of who he decides to select for the next game, which I'm sure we'll yeah. talk about later on. But for, sure. for me, definitely, I'd say I'd say Dubois number one and then possibly either Kadawere or Kakare number two. George? I don't... Yeah, go on, George, and if you'd like to elaborate on your choices. I am still going to go with Kadawir and and just because of the fact that in the two derby games that he played, he scored two goals each. And that's Huge. that's that's not that's not easy to do to score, not just this, doing the same thing again, but like doing it yeah. at Sepetien. So it's like it's huge. It's big. It's like for me, he was clinical. He was definitely up for it this time around as compared to the Mets game. Um, he definitely was had more opportunities, and, and he and he chose to to pounce on them. So, and I believe he was the one that scored the goal that we actually got off of a corner kick, which was like the first time in uh, yeah over a year or yeah. so, a year plus. August twenty nineteen. Yeah, Jesus. a long time. I think yeah. the um, actual stat is for. I know this is your job, Tom. I'm going to steal you from <laughs> Go on. But, the um, the start for Tino in derbies is four goals in 110 minutes. So if my math is correct, that's an average of a goal every 28 minutes. Something along those lines, yeah. So that's pretty good. So if you think of a goal every 28 minutes in what could be considered Leon's biggest game of the season, he's going to be up there in terms of a big game player for the future. I hope. But again, I think oh, I spoke, he's, he's spoke about that in the first podcast. He's better than Ronaldo. <laughs> um, wow, okay. That's a title for the tweet. That's a title it's, for the podcast. Get away is better than Ronaldo. <laughs> in context, in derbies, he's better than Ronaldo. Okay, yeah. No, um, okay. I, I do have the stat for that. Um, in terms of back-to-back braces in a derby, the only Leon player to do it is Dinalo, who's one of the top scorers at the club's history. But he did it yeah. in not in back-to-back derbies. He did it in two different derbies with eleven years between the two. And right, okay. the only guy to do it back-to-back in derbies is a Saint Etienne player, 
Can we also say we've now got more victories than Saint-Étienne in the derbies as well? Yes. yes. Which is also a good achievement. Something I think it's since 1956, if I'm not mistaken, was the yeah. last time Lyon had yeah. more wins than Saint-Étienne. To yeah. put in context for those who don't know, um, Lyon, until the late 90s, for a long period of time, was a second division club. Um, yeah. Or at least second part of League One. Uh, while Saint-Étienne won 10 titles in like the 60s and 70s. So for us, it was always yeah. a really difficult game. And for us to come back into it and get more victories just shows how good we've been over the last two decades, I guess. I think to put that into context, in that period of time, the only major trophies we had were the Coupe de France and... League Deux. So yeah. they played. Um, they played against Liverpool in a. I think it was a quarter final or Champions League semi final. Yeah. In nineteen eighty something or seventies in that period. So oh, my dad was at the game. But... They played a final. In yeah. Seventy yeah. six or something. So they were a prominent side in that period, but uh-huh. obviously Leon came back with the seven seven league and titles in a row. But again, I think looking at that, it shows who's the bigger team now, maybe. Yeah, I mean, into, it's obviously a bit in too much. could change in a, lot, you know, in a few years. But I think for now, the dynamic just shows that St. Etienne are really struggling. And yeah, I think we need to take that into account. I'm going to put it in an American perspective here. The Go. last time Lyon was more wins than um, than Saint-Étienne, Alaska, the state of Alaska was not a state. It was a U.S. territory. Oh, wow. <laughs> there you um, go. And also the last that time, the president was Dwight Eisenhower. So that goes to <laughs> put you really the perspective of just how big of a moment yeah. that was on Sunday. Jesus. Okay. Yeah, it, um, it shows how monumentous that is in terms of OL's history and the history yeah. of the I mean, own derby. To... And... and I forgot to put Hawaii as well. So the two, yeah. uh, Alaska and Hawaii, were the ones that weren't a state yet that the last time Leon had more wins. So if, if, I thought I that mean, that random American stat needed to be in there too. You have to take the bigger context on that because obviously if you look purely on the microscopic sense that Saint Etienne are obviously very far from Leon's level this season and have been for a while. If you take the broader picture, then it just it's huge. But if you just look at the game, it's just like, well, that was pretty straightforward. But it's still a huge, yeah. a huge um, achievement. Yeah, I mean, obviously there was contributing factors, like we said, COVID. I mean, um, to go back to man of the match performances potentially are tops. Mm-hmm. Um, can we have a few words on Marcelo? I mean, t- to go in back into context, almost a year ago, he was more. pictured... More than a year ago. In his, is it more than a year ago? It's 13 months, what? if you're talking about Leipzig. Around a year ago, he's mm-hmm. pictured throwing his middle fingers at Leon fans. And someone came onto the pitch with a donkey poster. So it's obviously people didn't want him at the club. Considering that now, 
he's just scored two goals at the Stade Geoffrey Guichard against Saint Etienne in the derby. He's kissing the badge. He's kissing the badge. Exactly. Like... There's the gift of him kissing the badge. What's changed? Confidence, I think, is a big factor. Um, you know, with the old... I don't know if the fact that there's no fans in the stadium helps, maybe. Like, he was so far away. Like, you know, every time he had he was on the ball, he was being booed. And I, yeah. I, you know, even myself, I can easily say that I wasn't a fan of him a year ago. A very, he was very yeah. far from the level he currently has. He was getting constantly sent off and going into tackles when he shouldn't be. Now he's come back yeah. into the team where he's the main defender, along with Vanaya, obviously. And yeah, he's pushed aside Anderson. Who's actually doing quite well, which I'm sure we'll talk about one yeah. day, but he's doing quite well for Fulham. But ultimately, Marcelo's got the confidence from the coach, the man, uh, the, um, the president from Juninho. He's he's a pillar in the you know defense, uh, very important for the Brazilian community at the club, and he's now scoring yeah. braces <clears throat> in the biggest game of the season. You know, if we're still on tops, I would mention player. I I don't know if I want to. Put him as man of the match, but Mendes was insane. Yeah, Mendes had a good game. I think it's something we've come accustomed to this season. Maybe not against Mets. I don't think when you look at a player like Mendes, who obviously a year ago to now like Marcelo, the contrasts are massive. Yeah, he's a player with confidence, a player with protection, with support. He seems to be liked in the dressing room. For, for me personally, I think that's a contributing factor. And I hope if we continue on the trajectory we are going on, that he's an integral, an integral part of that. But again, I don't, I don't want to get too carried away with Mendes because we saw when he came into the club, it wasn't a positive atmosphere for him. He wasn't focused, but. The signs are definitely promising. No, for sure. Um, I always feel like it's probably because of the fans. I feel like the fans are making it again, hard yeah. for players. And I feel like without yeah. the fans, they're getting a little bit of what they really truly are without the pressure of the it's fans more, behind them. It's a bit more of a relaxed atmosphere, obviously, isn't it? You haven't got a 60,000 packed stadium with fans or people. I mean, you know. There's... There's Great, advantages yeah. and disadvantages, but we know that um, at Leon, you know, we love the fans, but um, very easily a player can be booed out of the stadium yeah. and it really destabilizes him. Agreed. Yeah. And also the the trade-off is if there's no fans, there's no extra match day revenue to help with our finances in the future yeah. as well. So there's always a good that trade-off Every, as well. Yeah, Everyone in Europe's having to... Um, deal with that aren't they at the moment well most yeah, clubs sure. are anyway but um, I think it's this is a difficult question I'm about to ask I mean obviously we've won 5 nil, so there weren't many points but going on to flops if you could have to maybe highlight one player who didn't have his best game or didn't stand out is the one you could pick I mean for me personally I, we spoke about it last week I don't think Deshiglio works at Leon, but I'm not no. going to go on that agenda again. I'll 
pass it over to one of you guys. Can we say Garcia? <laughs> Can we say Garcia yeah. in this case? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to say Garcia just because of the fact that the he put the subs out at the 85th minute, correct me if I'm wrong. The first yeah. And only yeah. gave them like a two-minute like introduction, which makes no sense. And then his reasoning think... behind it was because he he um wanted to punish the team or punish the subs that the, never made an impact the, met when yeah, the exact two... reasoning was yeah Sorry, the exact right? reasoning was because he wasn't happy with the impact of um, substitutes against Mets so because, like, here's the thing, because though, of that here's that the thing stand. though yeah go I was gonna say two out of the five subs from Mets correct me for three of them excuse me Alwar who was now, who had an injury coming into this game? Corne injured into this game. Also injured. Slimani, who pretty much only had 32 minutes of football prior to that match. Yeah. And then the other two was Shirky, and I forgot the other one. Found out Bruno Gimaris, who started yes. the game. Yeah. Exactly. So, who are you punishing, punishing in this case? Ryan Shirky? Shirky. Yeah. Who was actually good. I don't know about you guys. I think Shirky was one of the better performers from the bench. Well, Which is why we're putting Garcia as a flop. Yeah, I can agree with that. I can definitely agree with that. I would I, I would challenge Gusto. Gusto has got his first professional minutes, which is good. 2003. Yeah. Can I just say, he reminds me of that thing on Twitter with the old grandpa from The Simpsons going into the door, putting his hat yeah. down, yes. walking around, and then taking it out. That is the perfect <laughs> definition of what he just did. <laughs> I mean, I think you used plural, Tom, of minutes. I think we need to make that minute, to be quite honest. I mean, he came on the pitch. Okay, so I say seconds. The final whistle. Sure. Seconds. Yeah, I think, obviously, it's promising to see one of our own come through again. I mean, I spoke about my happiness seeing Kakare Stampy's play on the team. He can also say, Liam, he was like, oh, I was a part of the game. Even though it was for a minute, yeah, I mean, that was part of the game. I mean, I've rewatched the game this afternoon, and um, yeah, Gusto doesn't get much, many minutes. Um, gets one. We're agreeing on one minute. Um, the silver could have come on. You know, he's just signed a professional contract. That looks yeah. very promising. I don't think. And, I don't think Floor the Silver was even in the squad. You know, was he not? I don't think he was included in the match day squad. Okay, he was not the only four squad. midfielders were Kakare, Bruno. Mendes and Camille. Okay, well, there was that. And then you look at um, Shirky when the referee blows his whistle. I had to rewatch it a few times, but he just slams his arms on his legs. He's just like so fuming. He's had like four minutes of play. And he well, did actually well I mean, on those four minutes. <laughs> I think that's something that we can highlight with Shirky. His impact from the bench seems to be better than when he starts games but I mean for yeah, me personally someone makes sense. <laughs> well exactly. Obviously he's gonna be better against tied defenders but yeah. what I was going to say is um for me personally if I was from Leon, I think he is from Leon, right? Yeah. Um coming through the academy, yeah. I'd be extremely disappointed if the team was winning at the time well it was five nil when he came on. So five nil. And we've made no substitutes on the eighty-second minute when the goal goes in. I would be disappointed that I've only played four minutes 
because of the referee didn't have any stoppage time. No. Why would they have extra time for? <laughs> the game was already done and dusted. They weren't going to be coming back anyways. It no, was. That's the thing. It was. Good. But it's 30 seconds for every substitution. Well, it's substitution interval. And so you get three if minutes. you look at that, well, you should get at least three minutes. So it would have been seven minutes for Shirky rather than four or five minutes. I know those three minutes aren't massive, but if he scores in those three minutes, then... A big, change, big difference. Well, yeah, his first league goal for Leon, I think I'm right in saying that, would yeah. have been against Saint-Étienne. So, if you look at it in that sense, the three minutes could have been important. Obviously, that's hypothetical and it didn't happen. But oh. I would have been just as disappointed as Shirky if I was in that situation. Have we got um, anyone else for flops? I have to treat that flop thing as more like who is the most average? Because I don't think there was any flops other than Garcia, no. but that's about it. Santa 10 was pretty average. I would say Santa 10 was pretty average, but that's... That's <laughs> an average, but... I think going back to Garcia, I don't think we can ridicule him too much. I know we left the substitutes late, but I think we're kind of forgetting that we've just beaten Santa TM5. Oh, yeah, no, we're being hard. I think we worked something that you could probably give him credit for. We worked on set pieces. Yeah. We scored, was it three goals from set pieces? Four goals from set pieces. Oh, yeah, Memphis's free kick or one goal. Uh, yeah, four goals from set pieces. So that's something we worked on and came into the game. And ultimately, we, without those set pieces, it'd have been one nil. So yeah, I mean, you you look I at think we've uh, got to give him Marcelo. Credit. You look at Marcelo preparing for those uh, free kicks yeah. from Dubois. He's just standing there outside the penalty area. He's the tallest player on the pitch, yeah. and they're just doing zonal marking and looking at him like we know he's going to score, and he scores twice he the same goal. Up the same goal. It was. It was a replica. It was. It was a replica. I same corner. Giving credit for that as well. Yeah. I think his delivery was excellent. Also, there was like a... I don't know if you guys noticed it. There's like a no-look pass towards the end where he just lays it off for Tino, which was a personal highlight of mine as well. Yeah. Dubois was excellent in that game. He I was. think maybe moving on towards the future... We, we've got another game coming quick and fast in Liga and we play Bordeaux on Friday night. We have the opportunity to go back top of the table, obviously, because we play first. If we manage to beat Jean-Louis Gasset's Bordeaux side. Uh, for some context, last time we played Bordeaux early in the season, I think it was one of the early games of the season, maybe four or five games September. in. We drew nil-nil. We drew Leon weren't in a great run of form. We'd just come back from Lisbon didn't really have a massive pre-season. Obviously, there was the mini-tournament with Nice Rangers and Celtic that we played, and we played a Swiss seventh division team or something, but we didn't have much of a pre-season, so it was kind of something that you can't really take into account considering where we are now. But I'm sure the players will be looking to rectify that with a victory on Friday. So, Tom, I'm going to come to you as our resident stat man. And looking deeper into the stats, do you think OL can establish what we would consider dominance at home and potentially secure the three points? Right, so Statman Tom comes into play here. Um, so obviously there was the nil-nil in September, as you mentioned. 
if you take the last five games we played against them, um, I think they're all in the league, and we had three draws and two wins, which isn't a bad thing. Two wins for a while. Two wins for a while. Uh, both wins right. came in with Dembele goals. Um, right. There was a goal by Corne in two of those five games as well. Um, so I'm not sure if he'll be back oh. from injury next week, but um, could be interesting to see Corne play again, seeing how poorly Ischelia played. Yeah. In terms not- of Bordeaux this season, uh, they are on a three wins um, run. At the moment, three wins on the bounce, which brings them back up to seventh with 32 points on the same level as Marseille, although Marseille have a game in hand. Um, so is Bordeaux playing for Europe in this case? Are they fighting for Europe in this case? Well, I, I, when they came over Christmas and the, the new year, they're more like 14th. Um, so it just shows how tight the league is in the middle. Because you get free wins and you're just playing for Europe next. And because teams like Rennes, Marseille and so on are really struggling to be consistent, any team can really run for the last European spot, I think. If you take the top four, I don't see it really changing all that much. I don't see Monaco falling off. So it's really that fifth spot for Europa League where it gets a bit complicated. Um, Rennes could break into the top four. When if they pick up a good run of games, they're only three yeah, points. But they were very poor against Lille this week. Yeah. Um, so anything could happen. But yeah, Bordeaux, I'd say that if they finish seventh, it's a decent season for them, seeing how poorly they, they were throughout the season. Um, I think it'd be a very good win. season for them. I think it'd be a very good season for them. It would. It would, because they've had nine wins which includes the last three. So obviously until Christmas, they yeah. had only six wins in 18 games and five yeah. draws yeah. and seven losses. Um, 25 goals scored, 22 against. So yeah, I think it was, it's been an average season, which they've really picked up on recently, which doesn't really suit us. But um, that's, oh. that's yeah, Bordeaux coming in with confidence. Um, I don't know if you wanted me to talk about the players that you should look out for now, or if you want to do that a bit later. We can we can move on to that segment. I think if we go to the last game, was it Huang Huijo who scored a brace? In yeah, three Huang, minutes? yeah, Huang is is decent this season. Is the top scorer with five goals. Um, then obviously in their ranks they can shout out the fact they've got Ben Arthur, uh, who. Yeah, he is a bit inconsistent, but once in a while he is illuminating. He had a very good game against Ren at the start of the year. Yeah, I remember. And keep in mind, he's a former Lyon player, so you know how yeah. that yeah. that is with former scoring against us. Yeah, yeah, we um, saw with Clement Grandier for sure. Uh, so Ben Arthur's got two goals and four assists this season, but I think standout players are definitely Huang. Then Adley's been really good with four assists. Yeah. And um, for English listeners, you might know Josh Madger if you've watched Sunderland yeah, until I die on Netflix. Two goals and with 17 appearances, so it could be better. But anyway, it's mostly from the bench. But the unsung heroes are probably Udin, who's got four goals and two assists. 
Otavio, who unfortunately is injured uh, for a few months, and he was their main number six to like really hold the midfield. So that's going to be really problematic for them, and they're definitely looking for someone uh, in this transfer window to replace it. And obviously, there's another big Leon player, ex Leon player, is Jimmy Brion, who always who's been running around France for the last decade or two decades, even. Pitching um, for his hundredth league and goal, which he did yeah, get. It feels like he's been looking for that one for like six months. Yeah. Um, I think he was looking for it for nearly a year, to be honest with you, Tom. I think he had his 99th at the start of this season and even with 17 appearances, which most of them are sub, um, he still hasn't yeah. had his 100th. But, you know, that's the type of thing where we usually concede against our ex-players and it would be a nice gesture to give him his 100th goal if we get the win. He's got his 100th goal. He, he oh, got he's got it earlier in the season. Oh, yeah, so he doesn't have to score his 100 goal against us. So he doesn't have to score his 100 goal against us. Well, he did I, get his will, goal earlier in the season. I did find this interesting stat that Bordeaux have scored five goals on corners. Out of their 25 is pretty big. So basically we have to practice our yeah. corner kicks is what you're saying. Yeah, well, the defending, the so, defending ones, because the offensive one we seem to be quite good at now. But the defensive well, ones, we have to be careful. I think we've got players that can diminish that um, benefit or advantage of Bordeaux. I think if you look at Marcelo's effectiveness in an attacking sense, you can also use that in a defensive aspect as well. If he's the tallest player on the pitch, he's going to be in there looking for the balls and getting that away. Well, but again, as you say, it's something they need to look They've got a lot of very tall players. Like, if you look at... Yeah, against Arsenal, they're a very physical yeah. side. We don't know what he's thinking or what we're thinking, I, whether that... To be transparent, I'm, I'm expecting the back five to be the same. Yeah, I, don't, I agree. I, I agree. I think, I think we've, we've got the Shilio in, and I imagine we're paying somewhat of his salary to Juventus. If he's fit... And, you know, Dubois is obviously going to stay in because he always does. Um, I don't see Garcia bringing Barden anytime soon, that's for sure. No, uh, I agree. You might get Corne, but if he's just come back from injury, I don't see him coming back in this game. Maybe next time, but if Dishilio mm. has another poor game. But I don't see Corne coming back in now. No. Agreed. Okay. I'm in midfield then. I think, go, before we move on to midfield, I think I spoke personally, I'm not Dishiglio's biggest fan. I think no. it's unfair. No. I think it's unfair on Melvin Barr because I think ever since that game where he got sent off, which was Angers. a very bizarre sending off, Angers, yeah, we spoke about that in the earlier episode of the podcast, but mm-hmm. I think ever since then, as I said, it's like he's been trapped in a basement. It's, I think he's just been disregarded in terms of selection. Like, obviously, De Shiglio's played left-back and right-back at a top level, not to a very high standard, as we've seen. It's, it's just like we've got this young, talented, French, Lyon left-back come through the academy and he's getting two minutes in a derby and maybe playing... He's probably going to play against Ajaxio in the cup. 
but again, it's like give him a start, give him an opportunity to stamp I, himself. I will put team. this forward. I will put this forward. He's played. He played pretty Montpellier, the game we lost at the start of the season. Um, yeah, the two-one game. From that, he's not shown that much. Like he was, I think he started against Lorient, where Shirky also played quite a bit. Um, which we had to depend on the football to get. Side, wasn't it? That was a terrible game. Um, but are we basing our judgment on Bard on the fact he's from the academy and we want him to absolutely play because we love youngsters? Or do we I think actually that's think... What the, I think that's what the Twitter fan base is probably thinking because, yeah, oh, he's in the academy. We want him to play instead of the person that's that's rightfully deserves it. Because he is he's good going forward. Like, we've seen a bit of that. He, he's positive on the ball. He is a bit more aggressive um, defensively than a Corne, And he's definitely more astute on the ball than the Chileo. But that's based on, what, a total of 19 think, minutes or something? I think you guys are disregarding the Marseille game. I don't know if you remember, but for me in that game, it yeah. was my man of the match. Okay. It was excellent. He was, he, he was. was that's one. Yeah, I, I see what you mean about giving him a proper goal. Other than that, he's played 304 minutes this season. No, not it much. was a similar thing with John Lucas. People were ready to dismiss him as not being good enough to play for Leon, but he'd played 550 first team minutes over two seasons for Leon. The yeah. same with Melvin Bard. He's played equivalent of three and a third football matches for Leon this season. I think not to much. say that. He's not, he's not, he's not showing himself. He's harsh because he's not had the opportunity to show himself. I that's one performance that sticks out in my mind, where he was, he was excellent. No, in I know. That, um, it's just you know, I think a lot other of other than the, that, he's played ninety minutes. He's played ninety minutes twice all season. Okay. Both those well, games I mean, we've drawn, and he's. I, received, I don't know if you know who scored are the um, football stats. He's received ratings of 7.59 and 7.67, which were the highest rating on the pitch and the second highest rating on the pitch. He's not had, apart from the Angers game, he's not had a terrible game. I'm just being a bit conservative on the sense that, a bit like Shirky, we're all hoping for more Leon products to come out onto the pitch. Obviously, yeah. Those biased. Very biased. And we don't actually, like, I, we've seen a bit of him. And I obviously hope that we see more of him. But if we have, you know, Corne's not been terrible, terrible. He's and I think, obviously, I, I don't know if Bard would be ahead of Dechilio, probably. But let's be honest, Dechilio's got one hell of a CV and most likely will Again, be but he's a very average player. And also, yeah, he's the so, highest earner, so we kind of have to try to get him probably, to play more. Yeah, exactly. So. I think it's mixed. I think I like the idea that we want him to be playing more, but there's also, we have to take into account the fact there's probably bias around the fact he's a Leon product. If he was just a youngster from yeah. Mets or Lens or something, we wouldn't be advocating for him as much. No, that's true. That's true. That's I just, very true. I just, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Melvin Barr. I saw my first experience was in... Um, I went to Leon before we went into lockdown last year in February, and I went to a under twenty threes game, and 
the way he crossed the ball, the way he moved forward, Dubois was playing in the same game because he was coming back from injury. You you wouldn't think that one of them was playing for Lyon and Nantes in the league, and you wouldn't think one was an academy player. You'd have thought Melvin Barr was that player that had been playing in league and compared to Dubois. Dubois wasn't in the oh, game. I'm he sure was coming got, back from fitness. I'm sure he's got potential. He was, he was There's excellent. no doubt about it. There's no doubt he's got potential, and you know, it's, ultimately, he could become France's starting left back. Who knows? I hope at this so. stage, we need a bit of time. I agree. I do agree. I, I don't think it, we can throw him straight in the book. The future, he could play yeah. more, but I think for now, but, we've got two large CV centre backs, um, left backs, who left backs, be, yeah, who are going to probably be starting ahead of them. Yeah, unfortunately, in my opinion. But again, let's 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 move on to the midfield. I think that's, that's where, where most that's of where the, it's going to be complicated. That's I where most know of what the our trouble is. Going to be. Yeah, I think if we look at Garcia's problem in midfield, we've got Awar, who is probably the biggest name, maybe not the best performer at the moment, but he's the one when if you ask someone who's not really associated with Liga or Lyon, if you said name a player from Lyon, it's going to be Memphis Depay or Hussein Awa. So obviously sure. because he's got that name attraction, he maybe deserves to be a start or there's pressure to start him. Um, Paqueta's come in arguably being the best signing in league in this season. Maybe that's a, a strong claim. Maybe other people disagree. But in my opinion, I think that's correct. He's been amazing. Obviously, he can go missing in games when he's targeted, like we saw against early games in the season. But Mets, yeah. There were another game as well where I don't think he had the best game. I can't remember it from the top of my head. But again, other than that, he's been stellar. He's been one of our best friends this season. Uh, well, since we came back from Christmas, to be honest. Yeah, I but, don't know if he's, his travelling to Brazil was the best idea either, but, you know. Well, that's, again, it's it's what the football plays. The humans aren't they at the end of the day, but as you say, yeah, again, yeah, that's sure. under conversation for another time. Um, Kakare, probably, arguably, it was man of the match against Mets. And the I think, I don't know if you guys... I've been seen on Twitter. There's been a lot of love for Kakare these last couple of oh, weeks. Oh, me first. I'm, I, I'm the first one to, to put him well, up. That, exactly. How me, good he was. me definitely as well. So he's got to be in contention with the start. We spoke about the transformation of Mendes over the last year early in the podcast. And obviously there's Bruno as well who came in and everyone thought, Jesus Christ, where have they found Bruno Guimaraes? He looks world-class. Obviously, it's been a bit steadier from then on. He's had the injury in the summer. He's had COVID since then. He hasn't had maybe as much minutes as he's like. I mean, he's still started, is it 10 or 11 games? But again, there's been factors that have limited his impact and progress. So, obviously, we've got the five players. I will say something about... Bruno, I mean, we can go through each player individually, but yeah, yes, the overall three could literally be any three of them, but Bruno, if you're going to be playing him, it doesn't work as well if you've got Paqueta and Awar in front of him. You need, oh, one, I agree. You need one bulldog, like a Kakare, 
Aura Mendes to be playing with him. Mendes. Because he can't be yeah, that I think that's Mendes as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Then Mendes, I think. No, I agree. I think Luke, John Lucas could have played that role, but obviously he's gone yeah. out on loan to Brest. So for me, I think the, the the midfield three should be the three Brazilians. Strong shout, but they that the last time they had the best midfield was against at, away from home at Mets was the three Brazilians. So I figure why not try that out as that combination and, or take out Bruno Guimarães and put Kakare in instead of uh, and put Ka, Paqueta, Menz, and Kakare. Because I think Kakare for me... Uh, yes, I'm just going to contradict myself, but I feel like he deserves a starting place week in and week out. And I feel like he's he incredible. He's just incredible. Yeah. He never. He just needs to put more weight on himself. That's all he needs to do. He just <laughs> needs to put more weight on himself. Again, but he's, what is he, 20? He's going to develop. He'll get stronger. He'll get more capable with the ball at his feet. He'll read the game better. I think he's a very raw player, but the raw player that we're seeing He's playing to an extremely high level. He needs the Ben Arthur regime. I think he need, at some point needs to bulk up or something. <laughs> yeah, but that will come, I think. I think that no, definitely sure. will come, obviously. Uh, you bulk out as you get older. I mean, in a sense, he's still ju- developing. He's, just turned. He's, he's kind of still a child. He's not going to be six foot five bodybuilder at 20 unless he's had a fitness regime of Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> let's be honest. Or he took steroids, you know, either one of those exactly. things. So he's still let's, a baby give, let's give him some credit. He's going to develop. As you say, he's he, he still, looks... Still a very handsome, baby-faced player. Um, he looks like he's graduating from high school, but again, that doesn't take away from his excellence oh. on the pitch. Oh my I God. Think... From high school, that's a pretty good uh, cliche right there, because that's definitely <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. Um, so I think who would you start? Go on, Liam. If we're asking me, I think I'll always have a bias towards Husamawa, mm. but I don't think that bias can override at the situation. I don't, as much as I love Awa, he's my favourite Leon player, but his performances haven't been what I expect or what made me fall in love with Husamawa. So. I wouldn't start Awa. Um, I think Bruno has a bit of work to do before he can be considered a first-team starter now because obviously he's had COVID. But I think he needs to get back into training and show what he showed at the start with Leon. I don't think it's been there ever since that injury in summer. He's looked good. Obviously, he scored his first goal for the club since then. But I don't think he's looked the same player that he was in that of the Juventus game springs to mind. He was excellent. Yeah, there's a mix of things mm. because um, I was at, uh, if you're talking about the first Juventus game, I agree. The first, where uh, Luca Tuzar scored. Yeah, I, I was there. I was at the stadium and I was just like, yeah. what the hell? But I think it's not just yeah, the it injury, was which it wasn't a big injury from what I remember. Um, it's restart i think he was yeah. good in the champions league but it was not quite that silky brazilian side no. of him and i think we Kakre played differently and, in the champions league as well yeah kakre and our obviously bright as hell yeah. in the summer but he kind of he was efficient and that's what we asked of him 
Um, but it was not those, you know, apart from the odd dribble, it was not as much as what he used to be those first, what, yeah. three or four games before I the agree. season was cancelled. And apart from the odd nutmeg this season, there's not been really those special items of his game which have come back. And he's not tackling as much as he used to. He doesn't have to do as much because um, obviously Mendez is here, but he's he's like he's not quite what he used to be. And you know, I'm, I'm I adore Bruno Grimaldi. I really like him, but I wouldn't start him. I agree. I think my midfield. I think you're probably the same. Tom uh, would be Mendez, Kakare, and Paqueta for the Bordeaux game and maybe going into the future, I think Kakare well, has decided it's, it's a, for himself. For me, it's a mix of things because I was just come back from injury and I wouldn't start him. But in the I future... Wouldn't. I don't think he's deserved. In the future, it's difficult because there's a few players. So Bruno and Awar are both players who work on confidence and they need a run of games. Kakare yeah. seems to be just insane whether he doesn't play for three months or plays every game so I'm not that's not an argument to leave him out but um, you know there's less of a problem if we don't play him straight away and he just comes on and just runs the pitch Paqueta could literally come in any game I think and just make a good impression so um, I'd say Mendes has to start because if he's Agreed. playing like he did yesterday or Sunday, then he's just unbeatable and he's one of the best sixes in the league. And then, well, Paqueta's just been really good all around. So Paqueta, Mendes, probably Awar. I think there's, he doesn't deserve it at the moment oh, because wow. he's fully fit and he's back to his special level. Then why not? But otherwise, yes, Kakre just deserves the start yeah. after that performance. I think it'd be unfair to start Kakre. I think he's really cemented himself in Garcia's um, thought process for the team against Bordeaux. I mean, obviously, he wasn't really thought about that until we had the injuries and suspension issues. But for me, he would be the first name on the team sheet against Bordeaux. Kakre? Yeah, for me. Oh, wow. Okay. Definitely. Fair enough. I just think the way he played against Mets, he was the best player on the pitch. And yeah. against Saint-Étienne, he didn't, he didn't score. I don't think he got an assist either. But again, yeah. he still impacted the game. The whole midfield oh, impacted sure. the game. For sure. But he, he had one of the biggest impacts on that game. And to say, well, in arguably one of the biggest games of the season or the biggest game of the season against Saint-Étienne, in an inner game where we didn't play well and he was the standout player and everyone's lauding about him on Twitter or Instagram or even in the in the uh, media, I think it would be unfair not to give him a start against Bordeaux. But obviously, we, we've got... That's not our decision on who this no, who no, starts no. in midfield. I, I think we'd know if we were managers... Up. Yeah, we would. We'd find it very difficult. I'm a big <laughs> FM player, but I still think I'd find it difficult. Um, if we look towards the forwards, I think it's kind of 
self-explanatory, right? Yeah, I agree. I think we can say a fun three is going to be the usual um, Kadoir, Memphis, Tokoe Kambi. So I don't think there's any discussion mm -hmm. yet, unless somehow he changes it up with Slimani or something like that. <laughs> it but... could go with something different. Maybe he fancies Slimani against, maybe, as we talked about in the preview for the Bordeaux game, they've got a physical physical big side it maybe that's something that Slamani could play on. Maybe we need that physical presence in the front line to play. And I think he does want to play him and he will start him. It's whether Bordeaux is the right game. But well I think generally for the future do. it's probably going to be the same front three and yeah, Slamani once he's fully I, I fit then maybe. And then obviously we know we can switch it up a bit with Shirky who deserves more minutes. Yeah. But he definitely. Start. Definitely. So before we end the podcast, can we get some score predictions on the man of the match? Uh prediction will probably be two one Leon. And man of the match would probably I'm gonna be a safer bet here and say Kakade, but that's about it. Damn two man, one I'm gonna go for the same bet. thing. <laughs> Great minds oh. think alike. The yeah. same prediction. Goal scorers, um, yeah. Memphis and Cadawere, or sure. no? Let's go Toko Kambi and Memphis, and I'll have Matter of the Match Memphis. Right, okay. I'm going to go two nil Leon, um, Memphis to Pie Brace. We better get two goals now. <laughs> I'm. I think, we'll, I think we'll beat them. I do. Well, if it's one nil. If it's 1-0, I bet you it's a penalty and Memphis scores. If I bet if it's 1-0, it's a penalty. Fair That's enough. what I'm saying. But again, obviously, I'm not... I can't see into the future. But hopefully <laughs> we get the three points and one of us gets a prediction right. I think it's something we can keep tabs on and who's closest or who actually gets the prediction right. Well, I think we can all agree box. that you were the closest on the derby. What word can you guys remember your predictions? Mine was 3 0 and a Tino Hatchet. I know it wasn't battle, but it wasn't far away. I had 3 I 1. Said, I think I said 2 3 1. 1. I, I had 3 I said 1, one. With, with Slimani and Shirky scorers. Oh, yeah. that was That's where it kind of got lost in translation. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Let's hope for a better round of results next week and more importantly, a 3 three-pointer for Leon and obviously we will go back to the top of the table because we'll have played before. If I'm not mistaken, doesn't PSG play Marseille this weekend? Or is it the following weekend? No, it's Lorient for PSG this weekend. Easy. A win. Oh, that's an easy one for them. Um, so you'd expect three points there. Elsewhere in the title race... Lille play Dijon. Oh dear, <laughs> Dijon. So again, Lyon have probably got it hardest this week. But yeah. again, obviously, it's an unpredictable league at times. So who knows? Um, I mean, talking of unpredictability, Tom, um, there was something this week with a former OL player in Lissandro Lopez. I think he wanted to touch yeah. on that. Well, Lissandra Lopez, who for the long-term supporters of Leon was arguably one of our best players post-title um, like title seasons. 
Um, Definitely. I think once Benzema, Janina and all that stuff um, and Govu and all, all that lot really left, um, Lissandro became one of our, was the biggest transfer, I think, at the time of Leon with like 20 or so million uh, euros, which sounds ridiculous now. But, um, well, to be fair, I don't feel we really paid all that much for any player since. Although Anderson, Gorkouf, yeah, twenty nine ish. I think Anderson was probably around the thirties. Yeah, but like we've paid obviously was twenty. Yeah, so we paid around twenty four for Lissandro, and he was the heart and soul of the team. You know, he was captain at the, uh, by the end of it. Um, didn't lo- he wasn't great on the end. I think he had a few issues with playing left wing when Gomis was playing centre forward. But yeah, he signed he was he went around Europe, went to Qatar and went back to Argentina and did really well with yeah. um is it Racing Club? Yeah, something like Racing that. Racing Club, yeah. Yeah. And he's he he did a press conference this week, cried his eyes out. Um, was really sad to leave because it was his boyhood club and has now signed for Atlanta in the US for a, a nice big contract to finish off his career. Sorry? <laughs> yeah. I said the ATL. That's yeah. what they call it. The ATL. So he's got a nice big contract to finish off his career. Top, top player. And for other OL news, uh, like ex-players, I've just watched the Milan derby where Tata Rusanu, our ex-second goalkeeper, uh, was playing and he had a really top performance. Um, I'm kind of shared on the fact that we left, let him go after one season, uh, but he was expecting to be the starter and he just definitely deserves it. Um, I definitely think he would have probably played a bit more in Lyon than he does in Milan because he's got you know, one of the best goalkeepers ahead of him with Donnarumma. But um, yeah, very yeah. top performance from, from an ex-goalkeeper. It's nice to see former players, obviously, maybe it didn't end how we'd imagine. No, we'd... no, no. But we've got a lot of very good players in Ligue 1. Like, oh, I watched um, Ren play this weekend and Grunier was... Apart from being agitated, was quite good. And Del Castillo is proving yeah. to be one of the finest players in the league, which is a bit surprising. Yeah. Seeing we left him, let him go quite early on. Yeah, it's it's a it's a thing you see a lot with Leon players. I think Guerrero will be the same one that we live yeah. to regret. But basically, you win some and lose some with players. You win some and you lose some with players. You know, you can't. You can't get everything your own way. I mean, unless that is obviously something we look at in the summer or something and we bring Guiri back, would you like to see that? Well, yeah. I mean, if we've got Memphis leaving, we need someone to play in that hole. That's what I mean. I think he's done quite well. I think he'd be capable to do that. I mean, obviously, that's maybe something when we get towards the summer we can look forward to. That is a whole nother discussion that we'll have in another <laughs> podcast sure. related to him. Yeah, so. I think we can look towards another podcast with that one. I mean, unless anyone's anything le- left to add. Continue sharing the podcast. We're really happy to say that. I see yeah. so many people following the um, 
Twitter account. I think we reached 100 yeah, followers already. 100, yeah, 100 followers, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for 100 followers and um, for interacting with us and the, um, the, the response to the first podcast as well. I think we've got 14 listeners, which is quite good for a first podcast starting out. So thank you very much for that. Keep um, sharing it around. Um, obviously, yeah, keep- you know, we've got, it's a small community of English-speaking League 1 fans, but it's growing. And, you know, we've got OL English following us. So, you know, get on the bandwagon before you, it's too late. Um, That's it. And we'll be back next week, hopefully. Yeah, a very good a very good way to end the podcast. So thank you and merci for listening and we'll hope to catch you on the next pod. Bye. See you nice. soon. Bye.